Welcome to Get Amplified from the Amplified Group, the podcast for tech industry leaders and aspiring leaders who want to help their companies execute faster. As always, we're virtual. I'm at home in Bucks. Sun's just come out, glinting off my bald head. Vicky's indeed the deepest darkest Oxfordshire. She hasn't got a bald head. <laughs> and on that rather dubious introduction, Vicky, perhaps you could tell us what today's topic is and who we have as a guest, please. Yeah, well, as, as you started in a very lighthearted note, I think it's worth me saying before we even get into it that I have got my body armour on today because of all the people that I am currently working with, you two guys give me the most stick. So I am preparing myself for lots of stick on this session. So what we're going like, to talk- It's not like you don't deserve it. Oh, no. Give me as much as I need. So we've got a a different type of podcast today. And actually, it is titled Your Virtual Floor Walk, and all will become clear. But what we've realised with the pandemic is how important emotional intelligence is. And not just in between individuals, but across an entire organisation. We've got on the podcast... David O'Hara from Beacon Force and David and I started working together middle of last year when we both responded to something on LinkedIn about a pulse survey for employees and then we realized very quickly just how complementary what we're going to talk about and the tech that we're going to talk about today is to what we do at the Amplify Group. So I'm super excited. And as I say, I have my armour on ready to go for the grief that you're going to give me. And so with that, Sam, I'm going to hand back to you. We'll be gentle, Vicky, I'm sure. Don't worry. <laughs> I very much <laughs> doubt it. So David, I always ask this. This is a good way of, of our listeners getting to know you. But perhaps you could start, if you don't mind, by giving us a, something of a potted career history. Yep, no worries. Uh, and I will be nice to Vicky today. She's not going to get any grief from me today. So when I finished uni back in, in the 90s, fell into the recruitment world when I moved down to just north of London in, in St Albans and learned my trade there really about uh, doing pharmaceutical recruitment, set up the, the pharmaceutical recruitment division for a, a local agency. Uh, and then I had the pleasure of setting up my own business in 2006 and continued to focus on pharmaceutical and, and IT uh, recruitment. And that was on permanent on, on contract. But as the years progressed, what was becoming fairly evident within recruitment was when you provided a good candidate, it wasn't necessarily the candidate couldn't do the job or, you know, the project getting canned. It, most of the time, people leaving organisations were down to the people they were working with or the managers or the culture of the structure. So we, we spent a, a fair bit towards the tail end of our recruitment career looking at how we could add value to the the, the recruitment process and turn it into a more people-centric experience. So as we we move from that contingent process into uh, fixed cost models and retained searches, we were were looking to find solutions that could could help clients instead of just looking at clients as a golden goose, which is quite quite a lot of recruitment companies do. They they like to look at um, as clients as you know, the ideal client is, a, is somebody who's in a problem zone where they can just keep churning the money out. So that didn't sit well with me. And then that kind of led me on to uh, working with, with Beacon Force as part of a, our Advil service. And that's that's where we are just now. I'm the, the current UK partner for Beacon Force and that role in, 
gets me looking directly with clients to, 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 to promote Beacon Force or find people like Vicky to become become partners with us at Beacon Force. So, David, you better give us a bit of background on what Beacon Force is. Vicky's been banging on about it for some time, as she tends to do. Yeah, we, we had to add to get that one in. Just <laughs> you did, and I do bang on about it because it's and very, you, very cool. Well, that's it. That's it. And it, you know, it sounds like it's really bloody cool, which is fantastic. So perhaps you could give us the, you know, the 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 sixty second elevator on it, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, in in its most simplest term, Beacon Force is a people performance tool. Yeah, but not in the way that a company controls the people. It's about listening to the people. And it focuses on two key areas. One is flow and one is trust. And the flow is all around the intrinsic motivation piece and, and, and what makes a person tick and the why behind how they operate. And on the, an individual level, that can scale right up to teams and an organisational level. And the same with trust. We, we measure that as a standalone entity. So we're, we're looking at the levels of trust between the employees and their peers and also the employee and their, and their managers. Those two elements give a lovely picture to help organisations, as, as Vicky said, be more emotionally intelligent and create a, a more purpose-driven, value-based culture with, within an organisation. And it just does it in real time, continuously, and gives you those continuous snapshots of what's happening in the organisation. So we, funnily enough, we were talking about this on a, on a previous podcast that we recorded earlier today um, we were talking about intrinsic motivation and I was trying to work out whether we as an organization can imbue our team our people our staff with motivation or whether they have to find it within our, themselves and we were talking about intrinsic motivation in that context so perhaps you could describe that for us and and tell us why it's so important yeah yeah so intrinsic so you've obviously got intrinsic and extrinsic so intrinsic is the best way to look at it is, is internal it's the why behind everything yeah so why are you working on a, on a project uh, if it's for money if it's for career development if it's for promotion that's extrinsic if it's because you enjoy it it's, it ties in with a sense of purpose it's fun piques your curiosity you know it gives you the opportunity to self-express that's all intrinsic motivation so if we can foster a culture or an environment where there's more intrinsic motivation that's driving the organisation, then the outcomes massively outweigh the carrot and stick approach, which is the, the extrinsic motivation aspect. So from my perspective, it's it's super cool because we base the foundation of everything we do on trust. And that's the first thing that, that Beacon Force measures. And then until we started working with Beacon Force, we would describe it as having that environment where people want to go the extra mile. I've now learned the technical term for that is intrinsic motivation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. and you, you've hit the, hit the nail on the head because if you're working on a project and, and, and it doesn't float your boat and it's not fun, yeah. then when it gets to five o'clock at night and you're meant to be clocking off, you're going to clock off. Yeah. Whereas if you're working on a project and you know it ties in with your values, your purpose, you, you, you're, it's stretching you from a, from a challenge perspective, then five o'clock will come and go because you won't notice it. Yeah, you'll you'll feel bought in and you, you'll be in that flow state that I think yeah, you exactly. referred to earlier, and you'll you just crack on with it. Yeah. For something so sort of intangible, it must be really hard to measure. And, and luckily, I wasn't the boffin behind creating it. Thank goodness, because the <laughs> algorithms are quite complicated. Yeah, I'd love it. I can well imagine. <laughs> Some, um, someone with an incredible understanding of the human psyche, I would suggest. 
Yeah, I think that's, that's you know, doff the cap where the cap needs to be doffed. So, yeah, the guys that put it together and the team behind that definitely are, are, are the geniuses. But what's really beautiful to, you know, somebody who's come from a recruitment background is how simple it is and how simple it is to understand when, you know, I'm not a behavioural scientist. I've not been in that area. So for me to, to, to bump into the guys in, at the Web Summit and, for me to just click and go, right, I can see that, I understand that, and it's going to make a massive difference to organisations. Um, it's good. So, yeah, the seven pillars is how they how they measure it. And it's a fairly simple process. They do it via an app or web dashboard. When, when you implement the product, uh, there's, a, there's a time period where you have to answer a number amount of questions so it builds up your, builds up your profile. But once you've gone That's through that process... setting a base you, level kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's got to, it's got to kind of get a base level. And, and, and it'll bounce around a wee bit in regards to, you know, where you sit within, with, within those, um, those scorings but what it's doing is it's trying to get this base level across the seven pillars and the seven pillars it, it asks questions against are clear goals continuous feedback sense of improvement balanced challenges social interaction attitude to risk and a sense of control and they are all pillars that uh, are essential for, for getting you in, in a high state of intrinsic motivation or, or getting you into flow. And the, and the algorithm crunches the data when you respond to those questions. And it's not a one to five question. It gets you thinking about the answers in those questions. And then it plugs it into a graph for, for you to see as an employee. And that graph, lovely, simple color graph, will, will, will put you in a different zone. And ideally, we want everybody in the flow zone. So that's where your, your skills and challenges are, are perfectly aligned. And that's a very narrow band because as your skills go up, your challenges become easier. So you've got to push yourself <laughs> to, to the next yeah. level. And then you've got two zones either side. You've got the uh, learning zone to the left and the, and the performance zone to the right. And both very good zones to be in uh, as an organization. And that's the key. We want to kind of get as much of the organization to fall within those zones as possible and keep them out, the two extreme zones, which are boredom and stress. Because those two zones, you know, if I put the recruitment cap back yeah. on, they are two zones that will have a high attrition rate. You know, if you're overskilled and bored, you're going to look for another job. If you're stressed and, uh, you know, not got enough skill sets to do the job you're looking for or, or you've been asked to do, you're more than likely either going to burn out or you're going to look for another job. So just purely from a monetary perspective on, on how to reduce the turnover, you want to pull your staff away from those zones as much as possible. Yeah, get them into that middle section. Yeah, exactly. The, the Goldilocks zone. It's, it's exactly that, yeah. Or, 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 in the, or in the sporting terms in the zone. Yeah, It's interesting, David, you talking about when you first saw the demo of it. That was my response to it as well. It was so easy to understand and we love simplicity. But not only that, you know, we've we've really not actively taken this to market yet. We've just shown it to a few people that have asked us to show it to them. And they've had the same response. It doesn't take a lot of explaining because it is super simple. But one thing I just want to be clear on is when I first used it, I think it took a, it takes about a month before you start getting yeah, between, feedback between from it. Two, between two to four weeks before I'll open up the, 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 the dashboard fully for, for everybody. Yeah. And when it was first asking me the questions, I was thinking, oh, 
this doesn't, I'm not sure on this because yeah. it, the questions didn't seem very relevant. But actually, over time, as the AI starts to work and it starts to understand where I was on the chart, mm-hmm. it really does feel now that I'm getting more and more relevant questions. I remember having the conversation with Luca about, couldn't you just open it up and it all ask you all the questions at the same time? And he was right. No, 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 no. We've really done a lot of work on this. And actually, if you just answer two or three questions a day, you're going to give them the full attention and you're going to answer them properly. Versus if we give you 20 questions, by the time you get to your 10th question, you're just going to be clicking a button versus really thinking about it. Yeah. So the power behind that and just those two questions a day comes back to why I see this as being so different to the other tools out there, because they're just a snapshot. This is real time. It's game changing, I think, in terms of employee performance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, the, it's that moment of reflection as well, which is, you know, you keep it simple. But if you do it in bite size, you've got more chance of it always happening. So because I only ask you a couple of questions a day, my my Beacon Force app is set for 11 o'clock when I have my coffee. So I get a little reminder pops up. I go through, stick the kettle on, make my coffee, sit down, do my Beacon Force. And I yep. think about the questions. And it's amazing how quickly your brain gets into, you read the question and you go, right, what's happened in my work the last week and how does that tie in with my work? And then you answer based on that question. Whereas I guess if you've got 35 questions to answer once a month, you put it off and you put it off and, you know, it's, it's, it's very dependent upon what your mood is at that point. Yeah, and, and that's exactly the problem with, a, with an annual survey as well, you know. Mm. You stub, stub your toe, going to stick the kettle on, or you drop your bacon sandwich before you, <laughs> you yeah. do your survey. <laughs> yeah. All, all of a sudden, you're in a bad mood answering the questions. Um, whereas this, you can't game the system. You know, we could all be sitting in the same room and we'll get different questions. So it's, yeah. it's very difficult to game the system. No, that makes sense. So have you got any examples of this in use within within organisations? Yeah, yeah, no, so we, we've got some some crackers, which is which is good. <laughs> it always helps when you've got good companies. Um, so we've got some some case studies coming coming through from um, some some great companies. So take Toyota for example. Um, we've got a case study coming coming through from these guys, uh, and they've been looking. So they're they're the experts on process improvement. Is probably the best description of the, the lean manufacturer and all that uh, ready in time stuff. And they've used Beacon Force. Uh, and actually got recommended by Gartner to Toyota. And they wanted to do it because of stress. So they were looking at it from a stress perspective. How can we help reduce the stress? Because there was a survey done in 2015 or 2016 that the stress was quite prevalent across the the, the motor industry. So Toyota went to market to try and find something that was real-time, continuous feedback, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff Beacon Force does. And they love it and they still use it today. So when you've got a company like Toyota who, let's be honest, are in the top of organizations to work for, when you've got a product like Beacon Force that can still move the needle on an organization that have honed their skill sets from process improvement, uh, communication, engagement, all this sort of stuff. I always think that's a, a, a nice one to lead with. And then the consultancy companies as well, they've been quite rapid in the uptake because they just are limited on their time. So they've seen it as a tool to free up the, the manager's time. Because if you're in the consultancy industry, I believe if you're not a manager, you're pretty much 100% billable. So anything you do, you, you charge. And as a manager, you're, you're limited. You might get 10% of your time in the week to um, spend on management tasks. 
But if you've got a team of 300 that are now remote working and spread about all over the place, how do you how do you proactively, you know, engage with the ones that need the help the most if they're not reaching out to you? Uh, so that's kind of why they were looking at the Beacon Force. And that's that's been an eye opener for them as well. Um, so can we give some examples, David, of, of the type of consultancy firms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've got a case study coming from PwC, uh, so that will be coming through as well. Uh, they were one of the, the, the first um, consultancies on board with us, uh, and that was in their technology stack. So um, that was a technology division. And then EY done a nice um, programme. So yeah, those guys have been using it. And then we've got the largest consultancy firm, who I'm not allowed to say at the moment, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're coming on board and are on board and, and we're moving it up to a sort of global launch as well. So yeah, it's doing good. Um, and the one that I also really like to talk about, particularly knowing that so many in our audience are sales leaders in the tech organisation. This might not be the tech organisation, but Unilever, who are also, you know, one of those great organisations to work for. And Unilever, the quote I love from Unilever, which is there was a direct correlation between the pillars in Beacon Force and their sales revenue per head. And what I love about that is it's a leading indicator versus a lagging indicator. So if you can see how motivated your individual is, your employees are, and you can get on top of that and you can work and you can see whether their goals are in the right place or they're not getting the right feedback or they've not got the right social interaction and you can put those interventions in place early on you can make a massive difference to actually what your results are and you can see those up front so that's interesting that's isn't it cool. you know you talk about salespeople being coin operated don't you you know put the right commission plan in place and everything else will follow but it ain't as simple as that no it's really not it's not absolutely not, and, and Unilever, I think you know, Vix has touched touched on that. It's another one of those companies that are, you know, the, the best of the best, really, when it comes to purpose driven, value based. You know, the employee experience is so important to Unilever; um, it's frightening. So, for for a tool like Beacon Force to once again be able to move the needle in an organization where they have such a people process, you know, such a robust people experience process. That's why I'm so excited about Beacon Forces, because if you can move the needle at companies like Unilever, what can you do at companies that are just starting the journey? Make that in right from the start. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested because we are primarily focused on the tech industry and taking Beacon Force into the tech industry. And we're looking for early adopters on this. And it's, and it's not early adopters of the tech because we've heard PwC and EY and Unilever and Toyota, they're using it already. But we haven't got any actually in the tech industry who are early adopters by nature of tech. So I think yeah, it's really... Well, what one would expect them to be, certainly. Yeah, yeah and, mm-hmm. and what's, I'm, I've really surprised myself because having been in software sales for more than 20 years, I never thought I would be so motivated and excited by technology as I am by Beacon Force. It is really so cool. So you like it then? Just a little bit. <laughs> the, the meetings are always enjoyable. That's that's what always gets yeah. me. Every time you have a, a, a meeting, it's just you, you just get loads of questions and, and and you just see all the lights firing in people's heads. Oh, we could use it for this. Oh, we could do that with it. Oh, what could we do this with it? So you, yeah. you, you see them thinking straight away. It's beautiful. 
Well, I think the other thing that differentiates it, and we've perhaps touched on it, but not massively, is that usually as an employee, you do a survey, you fill it in and off it goes. And then three months later, you see some management report that's, you know, and you're just a statistic on there somewhere hidden. Mm-hmm. Whereas what Beacon Force is, you fill it in. And one of the reasons I love using it personally, and I remember when I first started using it, I said that the first couple of weeks, I was like, God, these questions don't seem very relevant. And then suddenly they became really relevant. Then after a month of using it, I got some insights and it said to me, your goals aren't clear enough because your goals are done. And it gave me some tips for me. And that mm-hmm. really helped me. So to get that directly, is really powerful because we're now in a world aren't we where we want things immediately you know we think i want this i'm going to go and order it and you expect it to come tomorrow we want immediate so it fits so beautifully with our expectations and then you layer on top of all of that the fact that we're all having to work remotely and you know we talk about this as being a virtual floor walk because how do you walk around the floor and you know you can just gauge the mood of an organization you can't do that anymore and actually I know Beacon Force was working with those organizations that we've just been talking about way before the pandemic Mm. but now and even talking to organizations that are have always been office-based before they're never going to be a hundred percent office based. It's good. we're going to be in this hybrid world. Yeah. So it's how not, do you go back five days a week? Is it? No. Yeah. How do you really get a sense of how everyone is feeling on a daily basis? Makes sense. I, you know, a couple of observations from me in that regard. You know, part of my responsibility for a period of time at Softcat was our our, our tech team, our consulting team. You know, we were up to maybe you know, a hundred or so, considerably more than that now, but a hundred or so guys, really, really hard to keep your finger on the pulse of how they feel. You know, it was pos- just about possible because I had A, some really strong managers and B, I guess I kind of recruited a lot of them personally and had something of a personal relationship with them or at least with the team leader levels. So, you know, I could just about keep on top of that. Any bigger than that, impossible absolutely impossible and you know those people who were in those remote road warrior roles they don't get a lot of the benefits that everybody else gets you know the free breakfast the free tea and coffee the you know the fun and fun days in the office and all of that stuff so it's a very difficult and different thing to manage a disparate group like that so anything Mm -hmm. that helps in that regard is, is is really useful i think my other observation would be that as a manager or a leader, sometimes you have to dig really blooming hard to work out what's actually wrong. Because I don't know about you two, but people don't necessarily like giving bad news. You know, some people do. You know, you've always got the, you know, the squeaky wheel that gets the grease where everything's always bad news and they get listened to a lot. But over time, you know, you start not, not listening to them quite as much because they're always whinging. But then, you know, the majority of people... And I think perhaps more so in the tech community than in the sales community, maybe aren't as forthcoming, don't want to give you bad news, don't want to tell you, don't want to call you baby ugly, as the phrase goes. As, yeah. Something yeah. like this that enables them to, to deliver that message, but without any form of confrontation or face-to-face or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, that you know, in order to solve it, you might have to go and dig into it a little bit and pick away at it and find out what the problem genuinely is. But until it gets flagged, you don't necessarily know it's a problem until somebody tells you it's a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. You, David, you, you say so often it's a way to start a conversation. Yeah. 
Absolutely. This is what I love about Beacon Force is because it's it's employee led as much as as it is organisational led. So as 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 an employee, you would get your own dashboard and see those pillars and see your graph and see your dot moving. So if you answer the questions every day you'll see a dot every day. And if that mm. dot's moving in a direction, it's into a zone that you're, you know, it's looking like it's going to be a problem. As an employee, you've then got something to then go up to your manager and say, Bob, can we pencil in five minutes? You've got me on this project and, you know, the Beacon Force data saying that I'm stressed and actually I'm agreeing with it, that, you know, I'm, mm. I'm feeling a bit yeah. stretched. So it's encouraging the employees to start the conversation. But if they don't, at least the manager can then have a look at that data and go, oh, I need to have a conversation with It, it kind of quantifies the qualitative. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you can see where it fits with, with, with what we do. Well, that's what I was going to say, is where does it fit yeah. into the amplifier? Because, it, you know, it's not your style to go in and just blog some technology, is it? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not really not. We don't do that at all. And like yeah. I say, I was really surprised. But actually, with the clients that we're working with, we're seeing two places where it's fitting. One is with organisations that we're working with at the beginning of their journey with us, which is actually we've got a limited budget for L&D and development and management programs. So what we want to do is we want to implement Beacon Force across the entire organization. And then we can identify where our challenges are and we can put a program in place to support those particular areas. So that, that's a really fascinating place. So that's one part of the journey. The second is almost as we're coming through our customer journey on it's almost like a maturity level so you get to a point where we've worked with teams and they have that team experience that we're going to talk about in a minute and it's not just within one team but they've got that team of team experience across the entire organization as we heard when we re recorded with Andy Bryars at Okta his team is now, I'm very proud to say, is on the 96th percentile in terms of team performance with the five behaviours against 30,000 others. I mean, they're in a phenomenal place. But as Andy says, you can't take it for granted. You have to keep working at it. And we know this because we've seen, I and mean, we had the conversation with Paul Weefels from the Chasm Group who says, you know, organisations, they start off great and then that inertia and that rust creeps in because that intrinsic motivation goes. So how do you, when you're in a really good place and you've got a great culture across your entire organisation, know where you need to go and put your emphasis? And Beacon Force is that, it's like that fit, you know, we talked about it yesterday, it's like that Fitbit that tells you constantly where your organization is up to and who needs help and who needs support and i know there's a company that's using it and they use it to do support for managers and coaching and mentoring for managers because it highlights which managers need additional help so there's there's two definite ends of the spectrum there does that does that make sense sam i think it does i think it definitely does yeah it's it's almost it's like the whole nudge politics thing you know you're just getting pushed in a little direction on a daily basis by the information yeah. that's coming in. It does make perfect sense to, to, to partner up with, with Vicky because we're not a consultancy firm. Mm. So 
and, and clients will always say, well, what happens to the data and what does this data mean? So having people like yeah. Vicky and the gang in the Amplify group, it's that, it's that human touch to the data. And, and it, it enables those organisations to really make the most of having the tool. Exactly, um, and, 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 that's, and that's the key. And I think, you know, we've seen on a couple of meetings when you've got operations, HR, uh, a consultancy partnership and Beacon Force all working together, it closes the circle and you just get this lovely understanding of what the data is doing and how you can implement, you know, L&D strategies, um, you know, yeah. interventions, stress management, you know, all this spins out of it and you have all the relevant people to be able to deal with, with, with those challenges that might arise. But it also tells you what you're doing good. It doesn't, it doesn't just yeah. pick out the bad stuff, right? It shows you yeah. the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a really good said. point. Perfect. Do more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Team A, B, and C. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting. Really interesting. So, David, you better, while we have the benefit of your time and expertise, give us your three takeaways for our listeners, if you don't mind. This is a tough question. Keep it, really it to is three. I'm trying. I'm really <laughs> so... Think in the tech world, I think one of the key takeaways is the ease of implementation and use. I think Beacon Force is, when you get the story right you, and you get the communication story right, implementing it into the organisation is very easy. And the ad- adoption of the product is very high. So that to me is always testament to, to how good the product is. People use it. They don't just use it once or twice and then, then move on. You know, we're getting 60, 70% adoption rate, sometimes as high as 80 odd. And people are using it on average about three to three and a half times a week. And that's Monday to Friday because people switch off at the weekend. So people are getting it. People are using it. It's easy to implement. And I think probably the most exciting part is if an organization is genuinely looking to improve their people experience. And we're not talking about the Unilevers and the Toyotas below. We're talking about the other 70% of the organizations out there that are genuinely wanting to move in this in this new world where we're moving into, where it's a hybrid working or fully home-based or you know, whatever, lots of remote working. Your people experience is going to be your differentiator. Yeah? You've got to be looking after the people that are in the organization. And if you're genuinely wanting to do that, Beacon Force can shift the needle significantly on companies that have not implemented a robust strategy as of yet. And even the ones that have, it can still shift the needle. And that is really exciting to me. I know you've not finished. I know you've got a third one. But again, coming back to Paul Weefels at the at the Chasm Group. So he's he works with tech organisations and has done for 25 years. And he said on the podcast that within a given category of software or tech there is 10 cents or 10p difference between the tech now and actually what makes the success of that company is their people and how aligned they are and how effectively they're working together mm-hmm. and so if beacon force gives you that measure to me that it's 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 magic yeah it's, it's a no-brainer and, and that's it and, and not all companies are there you know a lot of companies are still the carrot and stick and un- unfortunately they will be so you know there'll be a point where we'll have a meeting and we'll go that's not going to work for that organization there's no it's way really that's going to work isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, isn't it? we were talking earlier about uh, on the previous podcast saying that the change that we're seeing in organizations that it isn't quite that carrot and stick mm-hmm. sam that that it was previously yeah which is just I think that's old school, yeah. you know, the stick bit of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So the, uh, the old management technique that I've heard described as the shit sandwich. You know, yeah. where you get somebody some, some good news, bad, some good, news, good, good, news, bad news, good news. And it's just, it's so transparent and it's so pathetic and yeah. the world's moved on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's, I think, if, if Carol Berg could create a scenario for an ideal product launch for Beacon Force, it's a global pandemic that forced everybody to work from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it just ticks so many boxes on where the world's yeah. going and, and, and how it pulls yeah. it together. And it ain't going to rubber band back to no, everybody in the yeah. office five days a week. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. You know, I, I think my suspicion is there will be a, you know, a gradual swing back into the office and people will want to, you know, rebuild those relationships and spend some considerable time in some yeah. sort of central location once regulations and people's confidence permit. We, but we, we ain't going back to four or five days a week. No. And actually, you know, thinking from an intrinsic motivation perspective, you'd need the social interaction. Mm, so there's, yeah. there's going to have to be that social interaction from a team perspective, you know, for creative thinking, for, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there will be points where you have to get together. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's a good thing. And it, and it won't be virtual. It will be, okay, this team's in the office for, for three, four hours on a Wednesday to, to work on this programme. Fine, let's get together and let's, let's get working on it, which is great, yeah. you know, and, but it's a different world, a different world. And I suppose yeah. the, the final, if I've got one more takeaway, it's, it treats everybody equally. So if you're a CEO or a graduate into the organisation, it doesn't matter you're getting your data. So you, yeah. you're, you, there's the opportunity for you to improve, reach out, you know, have conversations based on the data that you're putting in and it's showing you your data and where you sit. So, it, you know, from, a, from a, a personal perspective, it just gives you that little nudge of data to go, oh, where's my goal settings down? Hmm, okay, maybe I need to have a wee think about this. Or, you know, why is my social interaction pillar dropped a wee bit? Uh, all right, okay. Maybe I've not uh, had a chat to Sam and Vicky for the last couple of weeks. Right, let's go. Yeah. For a moment. And it, so it, yeah. it just, so, and, and if, if you're a CIE, CEO or a, or a graduate, it, it gives everybody that data points. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's key to success because a lot, of, a lot of things ask for stuff but don't give you anything back. So Beacon Force gives a lot back to the user. Uh, in, in the form of how they can improve themselves and, and yeah. be the best possible version of themselves, I suppose. You can't manage that which you don't measure or you no, can't influence absolutely. that which you don't measure. No, yeah. and, and we told the Ford story about how Alan Mullally turned Ford around and he is very famous for saying you can't fix secrets. And that's yeah. the... That's the same thing. But, and I know we're not going to go into because we've not, not even scratched the surface of the capabilities of, of Beaconport, but just something else that it's just made me think of when, when David was talking about graduates. So what you can also do is you can tag so that you can see, you can actually see how your graduates are all performing across the organisation mm-hmm. or you know, you can you can pick and choose how you do that. So you can slice and dice the data however you want it. I'm sure we said three key takeaways, Vicky. Oh, I'm sorry. Whacked in another couple. I know. Right? I could have done it. I've got a list of about another I ten if you want. <laughs> David, I think the the deal here is you're only allowed three takeaways. Oh right, okay. She can say that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So she can oh, have as many as she likes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just giving you reason to give me stick. That's what it was. That was it. You just teed us up there. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> well, perhaps it's time for you to take over once more and uh, lead us into team time. Thank you. And David is familiar with what team time is, but I'm just going to talk about it and explain why we started doing team time. So there is so much in the tech industry now about employee experience and customer experience and partner experience. Well, for us, it's about team experience. And funny enough, I was out with a friend of mine walking the other day and her other half has just started in a new job. And I asked how he was getting on. Actually, it's David, it's in pharmaceutical. I asked how he was getting on. And her first response was, he's in a great team and they're all looking out for him. And so that it's the team experience. So we might be looking at employee experience and what all the perks are that you get as a as an employee in a company, but it's who you work with that really makes a massive difference. So team experience. So we've just trademarked team experience. So team X or TX for short. And we talk about TX as being, you can't imagine working anywhere else or when you know that recognition will go where it should go. So David, we've talked about this a little bit. What does TX mean to you? Team's got to be fun. You've got to have fun in a team. Um, and I'm, I'm not a great believer, as you know, of, you know, boss and employee. So I, I think there should be no, no barriers between that employee and boss from a, you know, professional relationship. So that's just, yeah, in, in yeah. My, my book. You've got to, they've got to have, if there's no barrier, then the communication is is, is okay. off 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 the charts, and you can just yeah. have really good, strong conversations. So fun and open and honest conversations, and I think you'll always have a rock and rolling team. Simple, yeah. straightforward, effective, yeah. impressive. Exactly. It's clear that there's a lot that we can all learn from deploying something along these lines within an organisation, and then making use of it, getting stuck in, using that data to uncover the bits that we didn't know about that actually are really important for us to know about. Yeah. Great. Thank you, David. Really. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. It's very good of you. And it just remains for me to say thanks for listening to Get Amplified from the Amplified Group. As always, your comments and your subscriptions are gratefully received. (laughs) 